Hello and welcome to the Guitar Heroes podcast number six. My name's Phil Walker and I'm going to just... I'm here with my white strat and hello Lee Williams. Hello, good morning chaps, good morning. Um, What can I play? Uh... And thankfully, we're also here with Chris Taylor. Hello, Chris. Hello. I don't have any Chris- anything Christmassy planned, but... Oh, yeah. Oh, snazzy. Sorry, I'm being Mr. Christmas here. <laughs> is it, is, is, has everybody got their Christmas decorations up? Getting I there. don't, actually. It's, uh, it's Amy's birthday on the 11th. On the eleventh, so um, yeah, we wait until that's out the way, and then and then we start mm. Christmas on the on the twelfth. Oh, okay, okay. Lee, have you got your bar balls out? They're always out, Phil. <laughs> you wouldn't know that though, because we're still on Zoom, so you can only see the top half. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we're starting to. Yeah, it's December first today, so getting in the spirit. We all need cheering up after this interesting mm. year, don't we? So um, yeah, the trees yeah. up and getting the decks out, and Bublé's coming out of his cave. Singing in the background, um, mince pies Ooh, galore. Sets are for me, I'm afraid. It's uh, sets as Christmas extravaganza every year. And Brad, do you know Brad Paisley's got a Christmas album? Has he really? Has he? Yeah, and he wrote a song on it called James Penguin. Right. <laughs> that's, that, that's got you, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah is it? Yeah. That, all, all I'll say is, guys, check out Brad Paisley's uh, Christmas album. If you don't like Christmas music, don't. You'll hate it. But if you do like Christmas music, it's really good. I and love Brad Christmas really music. Good. I was actually thinking, guys, may, maybe not this week, obviously, because we've got other things mm. planned for today, but we should do a Christmas episode where we discuss Absolutely. Christmas. Because yes, there's so much great. If anyone listened to last week, they would have heard. Chris, I think your nomination for... Brenda Lee's Rocking Around the Christmas Tree. That was a great recommendation. And there's it got me thinking about other examples of fantastic Christmas guitar playing. There's so much good stuff out there. There is. Well, I was, I was, let's save it. Let's, let's save that because yeah. I think that's going to be a cracking episode. And if any, there are people out there that don't like Christmas, tough, go listen to something else because we love Christmas here, don't we? <laughs> we do. We do. <laughs> we do. We love it. I, I did have a complaint by, a, um, by Ebenezer Scrooge who lives at the back of my house. Oh, right. Uh, well, well, the back of my house is all because I, I, I tend to go OTT. I mean, when have I ever not? Mm. And he, the, I've like got nice icicles running down the fence, and I've got lights on top of the shed and and everything. And he came around last night. He goes, uh, "Your Christmas lights." I was like, "Oh, here we go." I said, "Yes, Ebenezer." He said, "Is it the the flash that that the keep you know that kept me and my wife awake?" I said, well, close your curtains and shut your eyes. It's usually the best way to sleep, isn't it? <laughs> and uh, so we've come to a compromise, and I'm only going to leave them on for 23 hours of the day now. Oh, uh, very good of you. So, uh, it is, isn't it? It, it, it is. is yeah. Yeah, I can see your Christmas tree there, actually. You've got a little <coughs> one in the studio. Yeah, I oh, have. Yeah. yeah, I've had this Christmas tree for 20-odd years, I think. It, it's, it's my little my little friend. Um, yeah, I like it. It's one of those fibre optical things that changes colour. It's lovely. Mm. My Beveragino today is actually a coastal Christmas blend of coffee as well. Is the, it? The Where did folk, you get in this stuff? The good folks that shout out to Fountain Rock Coffee of Weymouth. That's um, They've done a special Christmas blend, and I'm drinking it today from my Back to the Future mug. After um, do decaf. They do, actually. They do, yeah, yeah. Yeah, check it out. It's, it's good. It says real reindeer droppings. Fantastic. <laughs> 
Yes, lovely. Okay, well, um, I, I guess I'm in the hot seat. We're going to do a we're going to do a Christmas corner a bit later on. Chris, whenever you feel like you're ready to be um, put in your corner, just just put your hand up. If I can get a word in, I'll let you know. It's like, yeah, yeah. It's it's Chris's ace card, isn't it? It, it is. It's, yeah. You know, right? It's a timeout. Maybe we and Lee shut up. He can um, only take so much of you and me, Phil, and then he just needs to play that card. It's just whoosh. he's gone for it. He's played Chris's corner, and then we have to shut up. I mean, if he does more than one per episode, that means he doesn't get one the episode of the week after, does it? Oh, that's so. not allowed. No, no. He's only got one card I'll, per episode. Oh, oh, can can I can I can Don't I you save no them? T-T, Chris. Can I save them up? I'm gonna save them up. I'm gonna go five You're saving episodes. them up. Yeah, and no, I'll have five. It literally, and I'll, I know a whole episode would just be Chris's corner. <laughs> It'll just be you. Me and Phil won't even bother joining. <laughs> just be Chris yeah, in yeah. a room on his own. <laughs> I'll just stare at the Christmas tree for an hour while you uh, just talk about whatever you want for us. Yeah, and I'll be fantastic. playing with my baubles. Ah, well, why not? We all have. Yeah. Anyway. This is a, it's a bit of a geeky episode, is this? Um, but I do want to. I wanted to bring this up at some point. I want to talk about modelling, um, and I don't mean the. Um, you know, when you shake your little tush on the catwalk. Mm, I yeah, don't okay. mean I don't mean that type of modelling. I mean um, amp and speaker and effects modelling and what have you, because that is a um, plays a big big part in in the story of Guitar Hero sound. And obviously, we are endorsed by Line Six, so I am going to name drop them quite a lot. We need a Line Six. <laughs> but to be fair, I've been a Line Six user long, long before I ever worked for them or, or they endorsed us. But um, I mean, amp modeling for me started, I think it was around 1997 when I got my um, Rocktron Chameleon. I used to have a huge guitar rack and it was 12U. I had compressors and power amps and everything like that in there. Weighed a ton. And I just one day woke up going, this is nonsense. You know, mm. playing to playing to people in these venues that, you know, that, that, that they don't give a toss. I've just broken my back carrying all this gear in. They just want to hear me play. Hey. Oh, sorry, I did it, didn't I? I did it. <laughs> But um, so yeah, I thought I'm going to make life easy for myself, and I got this Rocktron Chameleon, and it was absolutely rubbish. Um, looking back at the time, it was like it was amazing because you could just DI. I think it had it had a speaker sim on there, speaker mm. simulator or emulator, I think they called it. Um, and then I upgraded to an Oberheim unit, which I think was worse. Um, and then it, it was downgraded. Ground- <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You think you're doing something good, don't you? And you go, "Oh no, I've sold it to raise money to get this thing, and now it's too late. I'm stuck with it." Um, but then it sort of the groundbreaking Line Six Pod came out. You know, the kidney shaped little red thing, and and I think just about everybody's had one of those at some point, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. I was just thinking. Obviously, we've got guitar listeners to this podcast, but maybe you should just give mm. a what would. Phil's definition or description of, of modeling. Let's because we get people asking about this at shows. And obviously mm. if you're a guitar player, you know this stuff. But if you're not, how would you describe That's a really what good you're point, talking actually. about? Because yeah. otherwise yeah. this podcast is not going to make much sense to those people. Yeah, okay. So um a conventional guitar rig would be a guitar, some effects pedals, and an amplifier. And what these new devices do, what we call modeling, it, it recreates um, the sound of, of whatever guitar amplifier you're using, maybe a Vox or a Marshall. Um, and it, it, it does it using transistors and capacitors and, and 
Wizardry. I call it wizardry. Yeah, a wizardry. Yeah. And it puts it into a neat little box, either a pedal board or a rack unit, and, and it saves you carrying all these amps around. And it, and it emulates the sound of the speaker. Um, so I think I think that's the easiest way of putting it, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it, it is essentially that. It's a, it's a digital emulation, isn't it? But the, hmm. the difference is these days the emulation has got so good. It's essentially hmm. like audio green screen. In a way, yeah, isn't it? In the same way, yeah, as movies way and films, it, yeah. they can do things with digital technology now that they just physically couldn't go and do on location. Mm. They wouldn't have the budgets and and so on. Amp modeling does the same for us. Really, it allows us to carry around in a small black box fifty mm. different amplifiers and a hundred different effects pedals and deliver that sound directly to the PA system, mm. and obviously also be able to change through all those sounds. So for us you know we literally couldn't do the guitar show um with the real deal unless we were able to carry maybe three or four amps each three or four bass amps and mm. multiple multiple effects pedals like it just well, I remember when we um first started the show um myself and Toby we used to have um we had the HD500X by Line 6. We had one of those each. And we were still stuck on amps at the time as well. I had, um, I had my Blues Junior uh, limited edition thing um, with a separate pedal board. And um, Toby had um, a 2Rock, which I think he's still got. Mm, and he lovely. had separate pedals as well. Yeah, lovely amp that is. And, uh, and we used to sort of mix you know throughout the night so some stuff i'd do on the hd 500 and other stuff i'd do on the on you know do it with an amp that was mic'd up and i've got to be quite honest i think we lasted two gigs doing that and then we just put everything on on the hd 500 because it right. was just uh it was i don't know it just seemed clearer it was it, it was more no pun intended it was more di more of a direct sound yeah um and I know a lot of people, we're on the Helix now, the whole show's now on the Helix. Mm. Um, but, but many a time we'd be at the merch stand at the end of the night and um, people would come up saying, oh, do you, do you keep the amplifiers off stage then? You know, is that because of volume? And I'd say, well, no, we don't use amplifiers. We use the Line 6 Helix. And we've had to put it in our tour program. You know, people that buy the program, it's big advert on there that we use the Line 6 Helix. I mean, it is so convincing. People do think we use amplifiers off stage. So it's, well, know. a lot of people do, don't they? A lot of um, mm. big touring artists now. It, it's a difficult thing to try and capture a good sound on stage. And when you've got lots of amplifiers around and all those microphones, you've got a live drum kit, there's a lot of bleed. Mm. So for a, a mix engineer's point of view, having amps off the stage and isolated is a great yeah. thing. So that's become part of the norm in the touring world now, as have modelling units like the, like the Line 6 that we use. It makes That's it very a, a, clean and tidy on stage, doesn't it? Oh, oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, the, the thing is, with, with touring, and especially as we come out of COVID and go try enter normal life again, um, is that touring costs are, are going to be astronomical, mm -hmm. uh, and even people that used to have amps in ISO boxes backstage, you know, um, they're probably going to have to get rid of those because you know people are going to have to go from an Arctic down to an eighteen tonner or an mm -hmm. eighteen down to a seven and a half and because things are going to be expensive touring when we go back. You know, everybody's going to be on a budget and, you know, the best way to do it for us is, is the modelling thing. I mean, we've we've been really, you know, <laughs> we're not tight. You know, we, we, when it comes to the show, we do what's necessary to put the show on. But, you know, I mean, we've probably saved, I don't know, another 
half a ton, you know, from what we'd have to take with us. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think it's also fair to say that the show, from a sound point of view, is actually quite an ambitious thing as well. It's mm. there are plenty of mm. bands out there that would that would use modelling um, and maybe just stick with one or two sounds for the whole night and still get a benefit from it, still get the convenience factor. Mm. But I think the whole idea of the show is quite ambitious from a sound point of view to try and recreate, say, 40 different guitar heroes in one night. If yeah. you were carrying... Uh, we make a point of making the guitars the stars. So we do carry 30 or 40 guitars. We mm. can't simulate that part of it. But to carry the equivalent guitar rigs with us as well that that even for a huge show with artics that would be a big yeah. ask a big ask absolutely i know there's trans-siberian orchestra as well they that you know they're all modeling now um i, sh- I should know what they have i think is it, is it axe effects and mm. um i think one of the other guys uses digitech but yeah they they, they model now you know, even if your show as big as that, it's. I mean, most most people that come watch these shows, you know, they're they're not really interested that using a Marshall Silver Jubilee head or and cab and do you know what I mean? They they just want to hear the guitar, and mm. I think it's kind of a little bit with our show as well that you know they want to see the big orange Gretsch, they want to see the three three five, and and the guitars are as authentic as we can get them. Yeah, um, yep. and and that does you know. Feather in Line Six has capped there because we've never, never had anybody question the guitar sounds. Mm. And no, that's that's really good. That's Chris, really are you drinking good, Buck's Fizz? No, just an orange juice with water. It's oh. a thing I do every morning. It's just half a glass of orange juice, half a glass of water. I thought you might have been getting in the festive mood and having a wee tipple in the morning. Anyway, oh yeah, give sorry, <laughs> give me to the twelfth, and uh, <laughs> then we uh, then we kick off with uh, yeah, I'll be getting uh, little tipsy every day. I would have thought. Oh, See what I did there, Phil? That was me bringing yeah. Chris into the conversation. Well, I was just about to <laughs> Our say... silent actually, observer. <laughs> <laughs> I was just about to say to Chris, you're, you're fairly new to modelling, aren't you? you? You you've always been an I amp am. guy. Yeah, I, I still am, to be honest. Like, I love... There's nothing quite like an amp. Being in, in the room with an amp, you know, the compression of it and everything and mm. um, just the, the air it moves, you know, something that, you know, digital um, simulators don't quite get um obviously yeah. it's not their purpose to do that um but you know moving from amps to uh something like uh the hadrick stomp which i've got here today um was quite a difficult move for me because i always just thought well you've got to use an amp right because that's that's what they do but mm. you the more you look into it and for more consistency from gig to gig going direct with something like a helix or hadrick stomp is definitely the way to go you can literally turn it on you've already got your presets made you just got to adjust the faders on your desk and, and you're ready to go. Everything's already there laid up and you can be ambitious with the sounds. Like, um, you know, if you want, I did a, a show on um, a stint on a ship and there was one particular song. I can't remember what it was, but it needed like um, like an octave uh, with this real heavy delay. But, you know, I'd have to get for this like 30 second part in a song, I would have to buy all these extra pedals for. Whereas, you know, I could just dial it up in this HX stomp at no extra cost. So, in that respect, yeah. it's um it's, it's fantastic. And um, were you playing uh, ABBA? Uh, no, not ABBA. I haven't done no. any ABBA actually. I've never played any ABBA. That would be great to uh, do. You you you'd make a what? Oh, what's what's the name of that one that that you look like? Um, um Ag- Agneta is it? Agneta? Which <laughs> one is it? <laughs> oh, sorry, Chris. Oh, I knew <laughs> where Cheers, he was mate. going with that. I knew I knew it'd be too obvious to say Benny or Bjorn. <laughs> Yeah, 
But yeah, I remember doing um, a gig with you. Uh, it was this time last year, actually, wasn't it? It was, and, yeah. Uh, and you, 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 you were totally on your on your HX stomp, and I was playing bass with you, wasn't I? And I brought my yes. little HX stomp as well, little it's bass great. rig. I think I had a, um, was it? Um, oh, I can't remember what I was using, Ampeg rig or something, and it sounded yes. monster out front. And you've got this tiny little black box doing it. It's great. It's it's, it's incredible. And to be honest, I, you know, when you're micing up an amp and and comparing it to a Helix, obviously you can't compare anything digital to the sound of an amp because it doesn't move air like an amp does, but if you're comparing a direct signal from the, the, the Helix and a mic'd up amp, I literally, mm. you know, it's really hard to tell the difference. And especially the audience won't really be able to tell. And I know bands, like uh, you've already mentioned, Lee, a lot of touring bands do this already. You know, Neil Sean mm. from Journey will have his amps backstage mic'd up. And, you know, you compare that to a Helix going through front of house, you know, it's really hard to tell the difference, to be honest. And uh, but the practicality of and, and what you can bring like the diversity you're either going to have one great amp that's going to sound good but it's going to just do that thing whereas the options that's what a lot of these big bands are doing as well they're they're seeing that even though they could tour with a couple of stacks or whatever like the flexibility Mm. of being able to get the sounds that they used on their record like you said chris just for a 30 second intro of a song you want a a 12 string phase shifting with a long tape echo and then when the chorus kicks yeah. in, you want to flip to a Marshall with plate reverb and none of those effects. And then f- this bit, you you know, that that flexibility, you just, it's so hard to do with the real stuff. And, and, so and what's, what's, really, what, what's really great as well, I know um, Chris Buck, uh, he's a guitarist on YouTube, um, uses the Helix as well. But he, he mentioned mm-hmm. as well, because he, 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 prior to the COVID thing, he was flying a lot something I haven't done much. I've flown a, 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 to a few places gigging, but, you know, he flies quite a lot with his band. It's Buck and Evans, I believe, isn't it? Mm. And he has his Helix on a little dongle, which uh, comes with the Helix. So he just says, you know, um, on um, on his equipment list, he just needs a Helix. So he basically, you know, plugs in his dongle and, and you know, he can upload all the sounds that he has on his Helix at home mm. to this Helix that's on, on the road and... You know, he has all his sounds, so in that sense, it's great. And to be honest, you can even fly with a Helix. It comes with a, you can get a really good backpack for it that goes perfectly in overhead compartments. You know, yeah. can you imagine trying well, to travel? Well, the HX Stomp, isn't it? I mean, you, you know, yeah, I mean, it's, we, it's we use better. the big Helix on the show. I use the rack. You guys have got the floorboards, but there's no way you could fly a rack. And you, no. you know, with weight, unless you left your underpants at home, you, you, you know, you, even the pedal board weighs. And we know you bit, have to carry it? extras of that, Phil. I need lots of underpants on the road, I do. Absolutely. Yeah. Especially with this illness that I've got right now. Oh, yeah. No. But yeah. yeah, no, it's so. just it offers it offers so much and um and for the show, you know, trying to cover all those sounds like you said, you know, it's it's perfect. Absolutely ideal. And upon obviously joining the show, I bought your Helix Phil and um I've spent hours on that thing and I just having a mm. great time. I like you know, I, I um I'll start at seven in the evening programming sounds and I'll be up to like two in the morning with you know I know, Chris, you and send me a text every time you nail a new sound. <laughs> it's like, it's like in the morning and this, Chris is going, this is great. Oh, I've <laughs> just really got that like, 60s vibroverb sound. It's just, oh. Yeah. It's so good, all the neighbours are knocking on the walls wanting to join in. <laughs> but at the moment, I'm going through a, uh, a Plexi, a uh, Marshall Plexi, and just... Sounds mm. awesome. Sounds yeah, I mean, so you know, this, um, this is a great example of how convenient they are as well. We're all sat exactly. in, yeah. you know, our homes talking over Zoom 
with our guitars and we've we're all running through helix and recording guitar sounds at the same time we couldn't do mm. that i mean if, if if you had a real marshall stack behind you right now chris christ when you played that you know it would have blown the the mic for your voice and everything it's but like at the switch yeah. of a pedal it's like you know i've got my marshall and i've also got a uh, a clon dialed in here which you know to buy an authentic clon is several thousand mm. right i think mm. you know i just put that on and just sounds awesome and if i wanted a bit of delay one switch It's nice. great. I could change that yeah. delay if I wanted to to something else. I could have a slap back. Just it's and all there. It's just great it's with so Line Six easy. as well because they're always updating. Uh, I think we're on 3.0 now on the Helix, and they've included some really cool effects this time. They've got all the filter effects, and something that I am a little bit peeved about is they've included a speaker sim. Um, uh, speaker sim, sorry, a um, uh, acoustic simulator on there, and I, I need to use one on the show. And I've just I bought one and put it in my pedal drawer, and I'm like, <laughs> well, that was 150 quid down the toilet, wasn't it? Thanks, Line 6. But, yeah, you're getting so much value for money. You know, the initial expense of a Helix, you know, they're not cheap by any means. Mm. Um mm. Uh, but the value for money, really, when you weigh it up, is incredible because once you've got it, the updates just keep coming in free of charge, mm. and you know your yes. your value for money um, just keeps keeps getting bigger over time. And you know, if there was a new Helix to come out at any point, I would totally jump on it. You know, I I just think they're just incredible products, and I think they got to be definitely the um, kind of leading the market. To be honest with the Helix, I think. Mm. I mean, I haven't tried the Axe FX or anything, but just, um, I mean, it's, it's so hard to tell the difference between all of them, but I just know the Helix is just incredible. Literally, I'm going to stick my neck means. on the block here because mm. I've heard, and go. Lee, you, you've you've had an Axe FX, have, yeah. but I've seen um, quite a few shows because I make a point of going to watch lots of shows because I've got a, you know, <laughs> running a guitar show, I've got a know what's out there and I've got to know the competition basically um so I'm always going to watch shows when I when I could and I've seen a few shows with Axe Effects um I've seen I'm not going to mention who they are but I, I've seen a Pink Floyd show um I've seen an ABBA show no I haven't seen ABBA was Chris <laughs> in it not going to see an ABBA show yes he was yeah yeah <laughs> lovely bum in those lycra the pants that she had on yeah um but no, um, so I've seen quite a lot of shows um, that have used the Axe effects, and I've got to be honest, I was not blown away. I, I was thinking, well, that's an all right guitar sound. It's not accurate. It doesn't sound, you know, it doesn't sound very Gilmore to me, you know. And I'm, I don't know. Um, I've never tried an Axe effects. I've only heard them. I mean, Lee, over to you. You've had one. Ah, uh, yeah, I had the Axe effects too. I thought it was great. I think the okay. thing to remember is arguably even more so than when you're using an amp, you are in the hands of your sound engineer. Because there's mm. no... We've all done gigs where you haven't got a great sound, small gigs, where you haven't got a great sound out the front, and what do you do? You just wind your amp up and go, I'll take it from here. You can't do that with a modeler. You are in mm. the hands of the sound engineer and the mix that night. So he hears something he doesn't like, or if he wants to change something or EQ it, you can do very little about it on stage i always found with the axe effects that the sounds were just the amp sounds were fantastic very very mm. real and there's that old thing of the feel which is a hard thing to describe to any non-guitar players but there is a certain interaction that you get with your equipment whether that mm. be pedals amps there's a, a give and take a push and pull that you actually feel 
in inverted commas, through the guitar. And that's something that I think amp modeling has been trying to catch up with because amps have a natural compression, a natural overdrive, and your whole playing dynamic, your whole kind of touch dynamic on the instrument interacts with that. And you might not mm. even be aware of doing it, but the longer you play, I think that's something that you just inherently do. So when you jump over to a piece of equipment that doesn't give that, it's it kind of makes you go, oh, hmm, something's not quite right there. I'm not feeling at home on this. And Actually, I, yeah, you've just reminded me of something there. Mm. Um, I did the Helix Hour uh, about a year ago, and and I brought this up on uh, on that channel. And is that on when YouTube? people? Yes, it is. Yeah. When, when people buy these effects modelers, um, amp modelers, you know, whatever it may be, the first thing they'll do is try and make it as silent as possible. Okay, now mm -hmm. I've had an AC30, I've had Marshalls. They are not quiet amps once you start turning them up. You know, you've, you've got the hum, the sag, everything like that that goes with a valve amp. And and the first thing, like I say, people do is is to put noise gates on the modeler and this and that. And I remember uh, we had a sound guy a, a couple of years ago, and he was like, "Could you, uh, you know, your guitar's really noisy. Is, mm. Do you have any noise gates?" I says, "I do have noise gates, but I'm not using them." I said, "Because that takes away the the you know the, what a guitar amp is. Why would it, you know you yeah. spend." spend hours and hours trying to get it to sound like a guitar amp and then put noise gates all over it yeah. to stop the actual I mean listen to this. This is that's that that's an overdriven. You know, so you kinda got a um noise with it which is just is what you need, mm. isn't it? You know, it, yeah, it makes it, it sound real. You don't get Especially the smell or the heat, but you do get the noise. <laughs> you get lots of no. smell in our show. <laughs> uh, exactly. I mean, I mean, there, there's also um, there's also hybrids, aren't there? I mean, there's people now using like uh, just amp simulation, uh, sorry, uh, cab simulation boxes. I know um, two notes do one. Um, uh, there's also uh, Universal Audio Oxbox, I think yep. it's called. Mm. Yeah. So you know, you've done one as well. I think they've brought one out, have they? I'm not, I'm not sure to be honest. Um, but you know, you can take your your amp out on out on the road with you and go direct to front of house with uh, a cab simulation and bypass the speaker mm. in your amp. But again, at the same time, you're you're still back at square one, aren't you, really? I mean, you've only still got that one amp sound, haven't you? Mm. Um, but I, I suppose, think, you know... It's I think that is actually, that's for me where a lot of the most kind of exciting development is happening. This idea of just, instead of putting your foot in one camp and saying, I'm into amps or I'm into modelling, just seeing it all as tools, useful equipment and blending it. I know, I mean, I I use real pedals with I've got a few favorite pedals that I just have always used whether I'm using an amp or not, and I still use those with my Helix. I know Phil you've got some pedals on in your rack mm -hmm. setup as well and yeah, yeah. they're very often used in conjunction with uh with the Helix. Sometimes if I'm sat at home, I might switch the amp modeling completely off on the Helix and run through my little Fender amp but just use some of the effects on the helix i think that that world of using things in i'll tell you the best one of the most interesting uses i saw for that it was on um i don't know if you saw the pedal show episode with uh simon neil from biffy clyro okay so he just he was doing an interview with with dan on there and they were just finishing up i don't think it was the latest album but it was the one before they're just finishing up on that and he just got into using a kemper live and he said the way he was going to use it out on the on the tour was take models, take um, 
profiles of all of these amps that he used in the studio. So in the studio, he recorded with his core. I think mm. it was a Marshall setup. But for layers and for overdubs, they might have used a Fender, an Orange, you know, a dozen different amps. He always came back to his core amp sound, but blended in these other ones. And what the Kemper allowed him to do was to profile all these fringe amps and then take that out live. So he had his core sound of his Marshall and then Amazing. the Kemper handling all of these other amps that were maybe only used for a minute or two each. Mm. And that, was, mm. that meant that the ultimate sound live was that extra bit closer to the record. I think stuff like yeah. that, that's a really, that's a really cool world yeah. in which we're living in now. And I think that's Definitely. only happening because modeling technology, profiling technology has, has got so good. Like 10 or 20 mm. years ago, it, it probably wasn't good enough to do that. You would notice a real difference between the, the real thing and the modeled part. But now, yeah. very hard to tell. It is. Surely it it's is. Uh, based on your situation as well. I mean, you know, in this Zoom setup as well, you know, going direct with a, a little HX Stomp or a Helix is perfect for this because, you know, there's no noise to um, offend the neighbors or anything, you know, and... I've just and got Christmas lights for those. No, yeah, we've got Christmas lights for those. <laughs> um, but, you know, like, uh, it depends, like, you know, like the story Guitar Heroes, you know, uh, the Helix is, is almost like a must because we've got so many sounds to cover. But if you're in, a, like, an original band you know playing your own music you know you have choice over the sort of sound that you want to go for and that mm. could be a hybrid of using an amp cab sims or blending like you said having your own marshall stack on stage or something and having a bit of a blend of a, a fender amp in there as well yeah going to front of house you know so yeah it's all i suppose dependent on your situation Yeah, if you're sticking with like one sound you know you have your core guitar sound then and if you've got the room to travel with an amp then then fine that that's great i would probably do that if i was playing in a band where we just had like one sound and maybe a small pedal board, then an amp is going to be great in that. But if you're playing a gig where you've got to get through a dozen or more sounds, like real different guitar changes in, in a night, really clean, really distorted, loads of effects, like the amount of gear you'd have to take would just make it completely impractical for most gigs and most working musicians, I think. So yeah, that's where this definitely. stuff comes in nicely. You're listening to the Guitar Heroes podcast. So um, I'm 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 busting a gut here, Chris. I really want to hear about Chris's corner. I'm I can't wait to hear what you've got to say. <laughs> I, I I don't have anything to be honest. Um, what? I'm enjoying where this. What a disappointment. What? I'm so sorry. Really? Well, maybe you could say you don't have anything to say. You can we play the jingle anyway because it's really <laughs> nice, and then just say you, that you're letting our public down. Okay, cue music. Over to you, Chris. Hello. Is there anyone there? Oh, I got nothing, yeah. guys. I got nothing. Let's jump back yeah. in. Let's jump back into the conversation. I was enjoying it. I was enjoying it. It was good. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, do you know what? I've got a bit of a rant. I'm gonna say, I didn't do the rant last episode. Oh, I'll tell you what. I do have it. something. I do have something. Oh, oh, oh here we go. Oh, oh, here we go. Do we have to cue the music again? Yeah, let's let's listen to it again. I know Lee loves it, so uh, here we go. <laughs> okay, cue the music. So, playing with my Les Paul... Um, and my G string, right, keeps going out of tune. I know this is a real common thing with Les Pauls mm. and um Where boxer shots. I, 
I know, I know. I've considered this. But um so I've been looking into it and and they're saying, you know, if the nuts cut perfectly, that G string will stay in tune. Mm. Uh, and it's all to do with the break angle of the string, apparently. But uh as you're I, I just don't have my list ball here, but if you're tuning the the the, the non wound string, so the G, the B and the, the high E string, mm. you generally turn them towards you as you're tuning them up, right? Is that what mm. you guys do? Yep. Yeah. Uh, if you string them the opposite way, it increases the brain ca- break angle and yes. will allow them to stay in tune. Apparently, I did not know this, so I've tried it and it's great. It works. Really, it works. But, it, but does yeah, it not so look tune stupid? Oh, I, I, if it stays in tune, I don't care what it looks like. Uh, so you string the okay. the highest strings the same way you would string the wound strings. Hmm. I get what you mean. I would have to undo years of habit there because I know what I'd be I doing. I know. It feels... I know. I would be tuning up and it would be going flat. Yes. Yes, that's right. It's very weird. Um, I do but, see what you're saying. Um, but it works. It ke- it changes the slight... Sli- 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 it changes the break angle. Hello? Oh, Phil, you're losing Chris. Oh, sorry, you guys are kind of... Yeah. Chris, we're losing you. Hello. Chris, come oh, back. In- it says my internet connection... No, it says my internet connection isn't. (laughs) (laughs) So it comes to Chris's corner and his internet packs in. (laughs) Even the internet's conspiring against Chris. They're adamant to not let him get a word in. (laughs) Chris's corner and it. uh, uh, uh. This is oh. the best part of the podcast. (laughs) I think we need to roll. I think we need to roll seamlessly straight into Phil's rant here. Yeah, okay, let's do a Phil... Oh, cue the music. Phil's rant, Phil's rant. Okay, so I've got a bit of a rant. Um, now, Chris, you, you, you're you one of the people I'm actually going to be ranting about, but it's it's kind of different because you've done a good thing, all right? But what really gets on my nose... I was going to say something else, but there might be under uh, 16s listening to this. But what really grinds my gears is... Because I've bought quite a few guitars for the show on eBay, mm. okay? And, and a lot of say, oh, never buy off eBay. But some of the guitars we need, you just can't find them anywhere. Um, and you've just got to go down every channel possible to try find the guitar we need. Um, but what I've noticed is that I hate it when people get like, for example, say a 70s Strat or something like that, something that's quite a valuable instrument, or even a 60s, whatever. And... You, you go on one list in, you got original Fender 60s neck. Oh, great, okay. And then below it, original Fender 60s body. Original Fender 60s scratch. And what they've done, they've got this beautiful instrument and they're ripping it apart because they think they can get more money for it when, when, when they pull the guitar apart. And I think that's really, really sad. Now, I know, Chris, is, you, your guitar's made up from parts, isn't it? Uh, well, my Strat is... Um well, the neck I had on it originally, I wasn't a massive fan of the profile of the neck anyway to begin with, but it was a need, a desperate need of a mm. refret. And uh, you're looking around for a really good job. Um, like Absolute, I think it's around like 250 to 300. Mm. And I thought, well, I could get 200 for the neck as it is. Um, so I, I used that money and bought myself um, an original, um, the American original series, um, 60s Strat neck um, yeah. which is the the profile I like. 
Um, yep. So I thought I'd rather put the money into that. But if the, if the frets on it were fine, I would have just kept it as is. But yeah, I'm not a fan of yeah. breaking things up, really, if I if I can help it, because it's, it's all made. But the thing is with the strats, you know, the, the bodies and necks are often made at different points anyway. You know, you can chop and change mm. them. I think that's the beauty of a strat anyway. But yeah, but but yeah I think when you, you, when know, you, you get something you like you a 60s, 60s strat something, I mean, breaking yeah. that up is like... It's a no-no for I me. know Joe Bonamassa's quite big on that, isn't he? Because he's a massive vintage guitar collector and he says he never, never wants to look at neck stamps and, you know, um, neck pocket mm. dates and stuff like that. He says if if a guitar has its neck and its body have been together for 60 or 70 years, then he's not going to be the one to come along and unscrew that just to have a look inside and see a little date stamp or something. And it's, uh, yeah, it's an interesting and valid point. But I think mm. we're tinkerers, aren't we? Guitar players are. We like to fiddle, and we um, like to. I've never um, been in that category, actually. I I, I usually buy a, a guitar that's. I, I never change the pickups in guitars. Um, as a rule, if you buy a guitar, you then you're buying the whole thing. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? The whole thing works, or it doesn't work to me. I wouldn't. I wouldn't go. Oh, well, the neck's really nice on this and that. And uh, yeah, if I maybe change the neck pickup, then it'd be a really good. I just won't buy the guitar. I'll just wait until I find a guitar that wholly works. I agree that I don't think I would ever buy a guitar with the um, with the intention of modifying it immediately. But I think what often happens is once you've owned a guitar for some time, if you need to kind of rekindle your relationship with that guitar then sometimes like we were saying in the past there's a massive culture of modifications and tweaking and there's so many companies out there now making great aftermarket parts that mm. if you've had that guitar for five six years or maybe longer and you think mm, a nice new set of pickups or a nice new whatever or just to change mm. the look particularly with fenders it's just so easily done but you're right i wouldn't do that with a vintage guitar uh, if mm. it was anything of a, a certain age then it in my mind yeah it's a shame yeah. unless yeah. you're going to keep all those parts and you're going to put it all back together it's um there's history in those guitars isn't there absolutely uh, absolutely i, I mean like my strats the, the you know the council workers broom but i've, I've replaced bits because i've had to that's you know, I wanna, that's another reason yeah yeah, I want to keep playing the guitar. I when I bought this guitar, I never when well, when when I bought it. When my mum and dad bought me it when I was eleven, it was never the intention of oh, in a few years I'll put a new neck on this and oh, oh then mum will change the pickups and I don't, you know there's certain people that that are never happy with the guitar, forever tone chasing and mm. you know until the, I mean Chris, you've you maybe I've been lucky because I found this strat and uh, you know if I. Ever, yeah. If I lost any other guitars, I wouldn't care. I'd be happy to play this one guitar for the rest of my life, and it wouldn't. I'd, I'd be happy with that. But you know, mm -hmm. if you haven't found the guitar yet, you know, I suppose you can tinker a little bit. And like Chris, I know you've you yeah. spent a lot of money on your strat, haven't you? Yeah, I think part of that ties in just to that the whole idea of tone chasing. I think all of us are guilty of that to some degree. Um, some people take it mm. really, really far, but that that feeds nicely back into the whole modeling mm. kind of discussion for me as well sometimes i i suffer from um oh, what's it called hmm. phil's gonna jump in and say something funny here no uh, not at all no i, I tell you what spending op, money what is it option paralysis or something like that you know opening you your wallet oh well that as well <laughs> yeah 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 that what wallet i don't have a wallet <laughs> that's true yeah <laughs> um there's nothing in it but uh <laughs> Yeah, like when you have too many choices and I, I think a part of that can be um, 
related back to the modeling side of things when you've got I, I used to find with the axe effects when I had too many choices that endless opportunity to make things better like mm. doing a gig and thinking have I got the most out of this should I tweak this hmm, when I get home I'm going to delve into that patch and I'm going to knock 2k down a little there's that some people have that and I do have that part of my brain and I think that rolls over into guitars as well once you buy a guitar I've seen this a lot through my customers um, in, you know, during my time in music retail that that constant quest to improve what you've got both playing wise but also equipment wise and sound wise and if you've got a guitar and you're thinking mm, I could maybe eke an extra 10% out of this if I just swapped out <laughs> the nut for the graph tech one or if I just swapped out the saddles or maybe put a new vintage wiring loom in there there's that whole part of the industry which is is alive and, and thriving and I'm okay with that Again, I, I probably would keep that separate to the vintage guitar world, which which is a very different thing for me, really. Do you know, I um, I think I would have loved growing up in the sixties and seventies, just because you know we we spoke about strats in previous episodes. You know, mm. back in those days, it was like, what color do you want it in? You yeah. know, that was <laughs> that was your, they, they they were your options, and I love that the simplicity of this is what a strat is, and I think that's what I was going for with this. Yeah, I got everything the way the strat would have been made, as close to as I could afford to back in the day yeah. there's no it's just very basic to be honest um it cost me a fair bit of money to get it where it is but you know um to buy an original 60s strat you know it costs an arm and a leg nowadays so uh, well i agree I, I, I know i have that part of my personality so the way i get around it is is very often by just removing those other options so right now i'm sat here with a telecaster there's two pickups reposition switch volume and a tone and i couldn't be happier playing a telecaster and mm -hmm. very often as well uh, that's i am at home on a very simple valve amp with a small pedal board because in my head there's nothing more i can do i can't tweak it i can't change it so i'm just going to be happy and just going to play i've got more comfortable with modeling and more comfortable with the helix i find the helix very quick and intuitive that was one thing i didn't like about the axe effects the editing part of it you know, you're looking at like the density of the air between the microphone and the speaker. You're looking at like power amp compression and messing with voltages. And that used to kill my inspiration. Whereas if I could just flick on a little valve amp with like five knobs on it, pick up a Telecaster and off you go. I'm happy. I'm happy in playing. That's a good thing with the Helix though, isn't it? That when when you, I mean, you can delve into all that type of nonsense, but, yeah. you know, if you want to, like I always do, when you bring up your AC15 model, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. my go-to amp on the Helix, um, it, it already sounds good without you having to do anything. They've already done the hard work for you. They've already, they've already put a nice mic on it that would suit that amp. They've yeah. already, you know, they've got the sag and the hum as it would be. So, mm. it, I mean, I think that's really good. That Helix have made it really, really simple to get into to amp modeling and, and effects modeling because because what you dial up initially is already sounding good, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's important for a lot of people, I think, um, mm. guitar players, yeah. just having that, that ease of access. Just being. I always say at home, I need to always have my guitars out. I always need to have my amp or Helix ready to go. Everything kind of plugged in, because if you, the more barriers you put in the way of getting to playing, yes. for me, I'll mm. get bogged down. I used to get bogged down with the Axe Effects. I'd sit down with half an hour to learn a new song for the gig at the weekend or get some practice in and I, 25 minutes would go by and I'm just messing with like EQs or messing with different cab patches <laughs> yeah. and stuff. Oh no, I haven't even got to the song. I haven't even played any music yet. So 
it's um, what is, yeah, it's um, give and take, what, I guess. What what's good for anyone who uh, wants to keep their setup simple, it doesn't want to go. He just wants to dip a toe into the digital world. I think like the Strymon Iridium uh, amp simulation pedal is really good because it has three amp choices: a Fender, Vox, and a Marshall, and it has three cab choices for each of those models. But the idea is that you use your existing pedal board running into that as your amplifier, and um, the results are really good. You know, mm. um, and yeah, it's not it's very simple to use. There's no not a ton of bells and whistles on it. It's just you know, just a very simple uh, amp simulation pedal, and uh, is it an expensive one of the best on the market? But obviously, going into the HX Stomp, it's the same. It's the same mm. price as the HX Stomp, which you know <laughs> offers a lot more. But again, option paralysisly, you know, as you mentioned, there's so much to to learn about it, and so much options for different sounds. And but for those who just want to keep it simple, like the Strymon is great. And mm. uh, but I think nowadays there's so much good choices, and there overall, I think. Between all of them, it just depends on what you like, what you can afford, what your budget is, um, what the situation you're in is, really, I suppose. I remember, Lee, we did a rehearsal once before you got the Helix, and you uh, you had some little pedal. What was that? That's amps in pedal. And that, that sounded really good. You plugged your pedal board into it and went into the desk. Uh, do you remember? Oh, I do remember. Yeah, funny story about that. That is... Uh... <laughs> of all the pedals that I own, you picked that one. <laughs> so that that's a... a Joe, Joyo, Joyo. Oh, is it really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which for anyone who knows, that's like a cheap Chinese copy. Essentially yes. what that is, that is actually a Chinese replica of the um, of the pedal that you were talking about, Chris. What was the one that you bought? Sansamp, the Sansamp. The, the Sansamp, yeah. So what that yes. is, that was a backup emergency amp simulator. I think it's only got like two amp sounds and two speaker sounds on it. But I used to carry it around with me because when I was doing amp gigs, I was always, and this is another plus point for the digital gear, you don't have to worry about breaking a valve or, <laughs> you, you know, you're a transformer blowing up or something just going wrong. Oh, forgetting to take the bubble wrap off uh, off the valves in the back of your amp <laughs> and uh, halfway through a gig, you're like, you're like wondering what that smell is and you turn around and there's a black smoke coming out the back of your amp. Yeah, you definitely don't want to do that. You definitely <laughs> How did don't you do that, do that, Chris? Well, we were traveling to Germany, and I thought, well, I, I don't have any spare valves, so I thought I'd wrap the whole thing in bubble wrap, trying to keep it nice and, <laughs> and safe. And, uh, yeah, halfway through a gig, about an hour in, and, like, there's this sort of, you're like, oh, what's that smell? It stinks in it. And like, you turn around, there's black smoke <laughs> coming out the back of your hand. <laughs> but that, that's the one thing you worry about is, um like, um. I did a gig in a silly hours and my amp went onto um like a container that was on the ship and uh I got to the gig, took my amp out and all the valves on the back were smashed and mm. I was just like, No, I didn't have any spare ones with me. So uh but I did have my sans amp with me at the time, so I, I ran ran through the front of the house with that and it sounded okay, but the Joyo thing's very similar to the sans amp. Yeah, uh, as far as I could see, I did some research and the Joyo thing, um we all know the Chinese are good at just you know, stealing something and copying Locking it something much up, cheaper. Yeah. The Joya was that. It's just a, a replica of this Sansamp box that I remembered actually from selling it to Chris. I remember demoing it and listening to it. It's just a way that if your amp goes down, you could just plug your pedal board into that and it will give you a direct feed that you can send to the PA. So I used to carry that around because after doing a few gigs, some quite nice gigs lugging around this amp, I was thinking, oh my God, what if I got to this gig? We've just driven 200 miles. There's 
200 people waiting to be entertained here. If I turn my amp on and it just doesn't come on, hmm. <laughs> I'm going to be doing a Prince all night. It's just going to be de-eyed guitar sounds, just, you know, straight, <laughs> or a rock band, and it's just going to be plinky I thought plonky. you meant dancing. I'll tell you oh, what, well, though. That, I, 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 that comes as standard, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> I turned up to a wedding gig in Cornwall years ago, and, like, uh, the amount of steps we had to go up, there was no lift, and the amount of steps we had to go up to get to the venue room, was it was ridiculous. So... I just left the amp in the van and went direct, pedalboard straight into the into the desk. Sounded yeah. dreadful, but everyone had a great time. No one could tell the <laughs> difference. And that sums it up nicely. <laughs> yeah. Should yeah, we wrap so up? What yeah. a note to end on. <laughs> we won't get away with it yeah, in this it, show. We'll, so we'll, we'll, yeah, so uh, I started this. So I'll end the modelling thing now. We, um, yeah, so basically it depends. If you're lazy, buy modelling. Um, if you really want to have that on-amp stage, type you know you want to feel the air coming then then bring your amp and that and because the audience don't give a toss (laughs) 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 do what you want (laughs) yeah oh good grief okay who's in the hot seat next week then Ah, it's Chris's turn, and Chris has got some making up yeah. to do for it next week. I think we've had technical yeah. issues from Chris today. We've had Chris's corner that was barely Chris's corner. So Chris, you need to come prepared next week. All eyes are on I you, Sunny Jim. Yeah. All eyes are on you. Yeah, yeah. It is a good Sunny time to wrap up because I don't know if I've mentioned. I feel really ill. You've you've caught Chris's man flu from last week, haven't you? I have. I, did I get it down the line or down 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 there, so. the web or something? I've, I've fi- got this, a, uh, this 58 I'm si- talking into is well dodgy, so um, yeah, be careful, Lee. Oh, I've got a headache. I mean, I'm not one to complain usually, but, you know, like I say, I'll no, never, on. never. No, never. I'll, I'll sol- soldier on and... A and, <laughs> couple of paracetamols, you'll be, you'll be okay. Um, a, a good tip as well for anyone who has a cold, um, an antihistamine, I think, is uh, it's really good. It's always done wonders for me if I have a cold. Oh, okay. So, oh, there we go. That was almost Chris's corner just in itself. Chris, maybe yeah. we need a new a new section. Chris's medical advice. <laughs> no, don't do that. <laughs> Only thing is, though, he puts it up his bum. Most people swallow it. <laughs> ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Well, uh, thank you very much for listening, guys. Um, we are back, um, obviously next week with uh, with with Chris's Chris Chris in the hot seat. But it's oh, I'll tell be you great. what, let's do. We haven't done the. Um, socials have we social majiggies social majiggies if you want to find us you can find us on instagram look for phil walker guitar chris anthony guitar and lee troy guitar if you want to find us on facebook you can look for uh phil walker guitarist lee williams guitarist and chris anthony guitar and if you want to find the guitar show itself you can search for story of guitar heroes on either instagram or facebook you can go to the website it's www.storyguitarheroes.com and you can go on youtube and search for phil walker guitarist well um that wraps it up for this week and uh certainly does pleasure as always guys we need to get better at ending podcasts i've been listening back and I'm sure the listeners will agree that they, we get to the end of a podcast and we sort of go. Uh, well, I don't know about my excuse this uh, every other time this week. I mean, I'm, I'm I don't know if I've mentioned I don't really feel well, so I mean I've 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 struggled to get to this far in the podcast. So I'm, I'm, I what do need to go lie well. down in a dark room now. This is you've a perfect well. example. We're wrapping up and yet we're joining. We're starting another conversation. <laughs> I, know, I know. Come on, Phil. What could be better than an hour with us? That must have made you feel better. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You'll probably have it next week, Lee, but you'll get it down the web. Oh, brilliant. I think I'm getting bird flu.
until Farewell. A lot of people would have just cancelled this uh, Zoom meeting and that that we're having now and this podcast, but not me. Oh, no, not me. I'm not one to complain about ailments. I'll just keep going. <coughs> <coughs> 